0: Welcome back to the Faculty Factory Podcast, Fact Chat. This is Kim Skorupsky from Hopkins. Today, I wanted to tell you about something new for us and something we're pretty excited about in the School of Medicine at Hopkins, and that is the Academy. The Academy is uh, a landing spot for newly retired faculty members on our medical campus. So let me tell you how that happened. Um, Well, first of all, the the medical campus that I referred to, that is where we have the actual hospital. It's the School of Medicine, the School of Nursing, and the School of Public Health. So any faculty member who retires from any of those three um, schools is eligible to join the academy. Well, so how did this get started? Um, About two years or so ago, our dean, Paul Rothman, put together a task force on late career faculty members or faculty members who are thinking about retiring, um, just trying to figure out needs of our um, aging faculty members. So two of our uh, senior leaders in our school chaired this task force. It was pretty uh, nice size, and they met for about a year. And Dr. Cindy Rand, who is our senior associate dean for faculty, She's our our vice dean for faculties, Janice Clements. She's her her right hand person. So, Dr. Cindy Rand really kind of helped this task force envision what, first of all, what the dean wanted to happen, and then what what the faculty members wanted. So, over about a year, the the task force figured out the, what the needs of the faculty were and what would best serve our faculty members and our department leaders and the school thinking about needs going forward. And like anything, I'm, I'm happy to share with you a report. If anybody's ever interested in seeing any material or information or template language, certainly reach out to me and happy to share that with you. But I just thought for those of you who, who haven't yet ventured into the arena of late career faculty or retiring faculty, I know some people have because we, we visited some of our friends, you know, up in Philly, taking a look to see what they're doing there. So there's a lot of good stuff happening out there. But this was new ground for us. So after this task force uh, wrapped up, and Dr. Cindy Rand wrote a nice comprehensive report with recommendations to the dean. the The report basically involved three components. We decided as a school to explore an early retirement incentive program or plan. Uh, that, that involved a lot of really heavy lifting with our fa- finance and budget folks to figure out salaries and what our older faculty members are generating in terms of revenue from patient care and research and projected costs moving forward and what the institution could offer in terms of incentives to Retire and what kinds of benefits we could continue to offer our faculty members for health insurance and other resources we might offer our faculty members as they think about the next chapter in their lives and, and how to uh, navigate the next, um, you know, transition stage. So. Finance and money and budgeting and retirement plans and incentives, that all kind of rolled under one recommendation was to bring forth a proposal that would help our faculty members envision how they might be able to transition. So that was one huge lift. The second uh, proposal, the second rec- recommendation to the dean was to start an academy. So at Hopkins on the Homewood campus, the Homewood campus is what we refer to as our traditional. Uh, upper, uh, traditional college and, uh, graduate schools are up on about maybe 20 minutes commute time north of the medical campus. They already have an academy for retirees up there for all the other colleges. So we, um, unabashedly stole from the way their, their system is set up there and with a couple, um, tweaks and adjustments, but we felt it was important to have a distinct academy for our faculty on the medical campus. So that proposal involved putting some resources behind an actual physical location and staff and building up an infrastructure to actually have a landing pad for faculty. So that's that's really exciting. And um, again, I can send you materials, especially the link to the website, if you want to take, take a look at what that looks like. But it What we did was we renovated space in our library. There's a Welch Medical Library on our campus that is a beautiful old building. And there's a a second floor area where we, one's called the West Reading Room and one's called the East Reading Room. And there's huge high ceilings and it really has that definite feel of, you know, the stacks and all the, the old reference books But they're both study areas. So what we did is we took, I'd say, about three-quarters of the East Reading Room and had our architectural group redesign that with a a private entrance. So you'd enter into this grand reading room, and then about a quarter of the way into that room, there is now a wall, a three-quarters-height wall, and a door that's accessed by a badge, And then when you walk into that beautiful space, we have a kitchenette that's got uh, a nice espresso machine and a wine cooler and a refrigerator and, of course, nice cupboard space. But then we have a really beautiful sitting room that's got four couches and a beautiful coffee table and the bookshelves behind it. And in front of that is a long reading table with about eight chairs our uh, administrative staff person sits to the right of that in a beautiful little space. We have a small conference room that sits about well, four or six people can sit comfortably in there. And right adjacent to that little conference room is a small work area that has five desktop stations. So faculty can come there and uh, do some work. We have a nice copier, of course. And then we have a, a little bank of locker space full lockers and half lockers. And uh, I think we've got now about 60 members where anyone is eligible once they retire to be a part of the academy. And then they have full access 24-7 to that space where we're hoping that it can just, again, faculty can come to the campus, put their things in a locker, meet with some friends or colleagues and um, just kind of feel welcome and have a nice space to meet. We invited our recently retired vice dean for clinical operations, Dr. Bill Baumgartner, to be our first uh, chair of the advisory board. So we have a really vibrant and active advisory board that has about 40 members. It's very inclusive and they meet monthly and they've just started meeting, I believe it was in the fall because we actually only had the ribbon cutting ceremony for the academy this past summer. I think it was July where we actually celebrated our, our school's um, birthday. So that um, those meetings are about every month and they've already started having uh, guest speakers and social hours and gatherings and tours of um, library holdings and museum holdings. So they they're moving right along there with um, the Academy membership. The plans in the future, you know, we have lots of plans and lots of discussion as probably you've already thought about this, you know, what, what do our retirees want? And there's certainly a a really um, strong interest in maintaining connection with trainees, be that helping with education, you know, lecturing or coursework or educational scholarship, and also helping to write grants or reviewing papers, uh, perhaps being mentors and coaching, so we're going to um, roll those things out as as we get interest and people willing to um, get involved and put some effort behind that. So we've got a lot of plans with the academy. Then that, again, that's the retirees. So I mentioned that there were three recommendations in that task force report. You know, one was the retirement and early retirement incentive, which happened. I think I did, I don't think I mentioned that early retirees were, for a period of time, there's a window where they got a one-time, $100,000 gift, if you will. But that, that's happened, and now we're regularly as, as people, um, reach that age of t- tenure and age that's going through smoothly with retirement planning. The second thing was that academy, having the physical space for, um, people to develop interests and continue um, active engagement in the school, their schools. And then the third component component—a recommendation that Dr. Cindy Rand put forth was programming. So the programming efforts are coming largely through the office of faculty development. And it perfectly uh, aligns with my interests. I'm a gerontologist by training. So um, it's been a real blessing for me to draw on my interests and strengths and, and love of older adults and aging with aging faculty members. And that's kind of also dovetails nicely with a, a research project. Maybe I'll talk about later or the late career faculty project that originated from the group on faculty affairs, research and project development subcommittee. That's a really exciting project that I'll tell you about later, but this third component of programming um, has been fun. We did a panel presentation shortly after the the task force um, got together and actually, um, finished up, we did a panel presentation on folks who were recently retired or were thinking about retiring. And that was, we thought we might get a dozen or so people there. We had about 60 people standing room only. We were shocked at how many people were curious to learn about other people's stories. So that was a great success. We had a pretty dry and interesting, but well attended, but pretty dry presentation by someone from the social security administration, Apologies to our friends in Social Security Administration, but that was not really uh, exciting, but it was information nonetheless. And then the most interesting thing we've done uh, lately that we just finished up a four-part series that we call The Next Chapter, and that was Dr. Cindy Rand, Jennifer Haythornthwaite, and myself. And we had um, every other Thursday, every two or three Thursdays, again there were four of them. From four PM to six PM, we had uh we offered this session that was really interactive. We wanted to have lots of exercises, self-reflection, small group, dyads, where people started thinking about transitioning. So we started off with an orientation session. You know, we had an email blast to everybody at all the schools, the schools of public health and nursing and medicine, Inviting people to come and start thinking, and that orientation session was pretty nicely attended. I think we had about a maybe a dozen or sixteen people, and then at the next four next chapter sessions, we had one on identity you know, who are we? How will we introduce ourselves at parties and events? If we don't say I'm a professor, you know, what 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 do you say? You know, how do you introduce yourself? How do you think about yourself when your whole status, your whole master status has been that of a professor? So that's a, a tough nut to crack. So we had, you know, identity, values, what's important to you, what is important to you then, what will be important to you in the future, Visioning, what is your vision for the future? What are the possibilities? What are some things you might like to revisit in terms of hobbies or travel or family or friends or other skills or talents that you have that maybe you put on the back table um, during your academic career? And then the last segment of the next chapter series was putting it all together and how do you make a plan and how do you Put some action items down and how will you experiment and adjust your plan? And actually at that last session, we had we invited our attendees to jot down their ideas about what their plan might be and what those action steps might look like. And then we promised to mail them their own action and plans and their, their, their plan uh, in a year's time. And then they'll see, you know, reflect on where they are now uh, then in a year based on where they were now. And who came to those Next Chapter series? So everyone was attended by, I'd say, around a dozen to maybe 20 people. And they weren't always the same folks at every session. So uh, we tried to design the session so that they weren't um, hamstrung to each other. They could be standalone, but there was a common thread, you know, woven through each of the Next Chapter series, such that uh, we wanted to really enforce the idea that retirement is has changed there's no longer just a an abrupt end to the career rather it is a transition that changes that that morphs that uh, may change take subtle direction shifts depending on health and our partner's health and our family's health and our all those other priorities so that was a common thread but each each um segment of next chapter could stand alone so we had some members we invited them to bring their partners so that's all, all we we definitely wanted to have an eye on inviting the system, taking a systems approach, and and recognizing that faculty members don't make the decision on their own. That involves their partners and their um, family members. So in a couple, I'd say two to three of our participants regularly brought their their spouses and their partners to the sessions, and uh, we're going to be meeting soon, uh, Drs. Haythorne Thwaite and Rand and myself to kind of do a debriefing and look at the evaluations of those sessions. And we, our plan is right now to at least offer it once a year, perhaps twice a year, maybe the once in the spring and once in the fall. But again, um, we're always open to feedback from our faculty participants and what their ongoing interests are. We're likely also going to have another panel presentation because we did find that people really love to hear other people's stories, which I think is just central to a lot of experiences, a lot of offerings we have for faculty. I'm sure just like us, I bet you had the very same or lots of similar feedback from your leadership programs and any programs you offer where faculty always Always say they really love the networking, the social support, the socializing. That's just so important for them to connect with each other. So we, we found that same, that same thread through next chapter. We really built in a lot of the networking and socializing. So. Oh, I forgot to tell you, before each of the Next Chapter series, we had a really nice spread. We had wine and coffee and hot hors d'oeuvres and cold hors d'oeuvres and nice appetizers. And every session we had a little bit of a different thing on the menu, but they were nice, nice um, food and drink. And so we tried to create an atmosphere of casual, relaxed, um, friendly informal um, atmosphere. And we tried to build in that networking time before and then after. We didn't want to kill people with PowerPoint. We did try to uh, keep the PowerPoints to a very minimum. And again, happy to share that stuff with you and did a lot of interaction and exercises. They like to talk with each other and learn from each other. So I'm sure it's the same thing you you experience in your program. So there's a lot to be had there, a lot more in the future that we're planning and I'm um, happy to share that with you and just thought you might be curious to hear what we're doing for our late career faculty and, and our faculty members who have retired. Until next time, talk to you soon. Thanks for tuning in to Faculty Factory Podcast. The mission of the Faculty Factory is to build and support a community of leaders in faculty development who share tools, resources, wisdom, and encouragement